cup of coffee. Give me a word that rocks me. A lot of Jesus, a little caffeine. World awaits out the front door. Let it wait just a bit more. Cause I need Jesus and a little caffeine. Good morning, everybody out there in podcast land. And welcome to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Amen. I'm your host, Jay Brooks, and this is a daily devotional Bible study where I dig into the scriptures, enjoy some good coffee, and get my day started right. I'm a Christian, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. This is my morning devotion recorded so that maybe something that I notice or say will be used by God to touch you and give you fuel for your busy, busy day. So if you love Jesus and you love coffee, this is the place for you. Come on in, grab your Bible and your coffee and join me. If you don't love Jesus and or coffee, come on in anyway. You just might hear something that will make your day better than it might have been. That's John Waller in the background there. A good Christian brother, a talented entertainer, and a regular guy. My wife and I met him August 5th, 2017 at a free concert he gave at a church. We spoke to him about 15 or 20 minutes. He wasn't rushing us. He just was generally interested in having a conversation. How's that for humble? He loves Jesus, and he loves coffee, so that makes him my kind of guy. So let's get things started, shall we? Today I'm reading from the HCSB, Holman Christian Standard Bible. going to read John chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. Okay, let's pray. Almighty God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to open our eyes as the psalmist asked, so that we may behold wonderful things from your word. Change us with your word, because we desperately need to be changed. Speak to us through your word, because we desperately need to hear your voice, and reveal yourself to us from your word, because we desperately need to know you. Amen. After this, Jesus traveled in Galilee, since he did not want to travel in Judea, because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, so his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus told them, My time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify it that its deeds are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I am not going up to the festival yet, because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said these things, he stayed in Galilee. After his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. The Jews were looking for him at the festival and saying, Where is he? And there was a lot of discussion about him among the crowds. Some were saying, He is a good man. Others were saying, No, on the contrary, he's deceiving the people. Still, nobody was talking publicly about him because they feared the Jews. The word of the Lord. Amen. After this, other translations say after these things. This is a common phrase that John puts in his gospel. He's telling us that these things obviously occurred after those things, but he's not saying that they happened immediately. He's not uh, saying that this follows this day by day. When he wants to talk about something that happened immediately, He said, it's the next day. He tells you specifically that it's the next day. John is not trying to write an exhaustive accounting 
of what Jesus did while he was on this earth. He's supplementing the other Gospels with events that he feels are significant so that he can meet his desired goal of writing this Gospel, which is stated in John 20, 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. That's his purpose. So he doesn't try, to, like I said, to be exhaustive and tell every single thing. He even says here there are so many things that he couldn't write them all. Then again, in 21-25, the very last verse, he said, Then there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. So he's not trying to tell us everything Jesus did. He's trying to tell us the significant things that will lead us to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing that we may have life in his name. So a significant amount of time has probably passed six months to a year from what he was talking about in chapter 6. So keep that in mind as we move forward. Okay, so the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles, also called the Feast of Booths. There's a Hebrew name, Sukkot or Sukkot. I'm not real good at pronouncing Hebrew words. But this is, a like all feasts, designed to remind the people, the Jewish people, all that God had done for them and celebrate what God had done for them. This celebrates their 40 years in the wilderness living in tabernacles or tents. Now, the tents they lived in aren't the kind of tents that you think of like a pup tent or a regular camping tent. They were structures that could be taken down and put up, but they were significant. Let's just put it that way. During this festival, they all would live in tents temporarily for the week of the festival. Now, I lived in a very orthodox Jewish neighborhood back in New York, and during this feast or festival, they would all set up tents to spend the weekend so that they could honor this festival. Now, they would set up these big, some extravagant things, take up their whole driveway, some smaller things. Some would actually live in it. Some would just spend the day in it and live inside. I'm pointing this out for one reason, because where I lived, there was houses. It wasn't New York City. Like in New York City, they, they will put these boots out on their fire, play, fire, uh, fire escape because they have no place else to put it. But where I lived, they could have put them in their backyard, but their religion was a show because they wanted to make sure everyone could see that they were good Jews and they set up their booth or tabernacle or tent, whatever you want to call it, so they wanted to show people, because if they put it in their backyard, no one would see it. Some of my question there, Judaism. I remember being with some of my friends and them questioning, so, are you questioning my kosher? My kosher is more kosher than your kosher, because it was like a competition. But anyway, I digress. The purpose of it, again, is to remind them of what they went through, who they were. So his brothers here tell him to go to the festival. His brothers don't believe in him. It says so right here in the text. So they're trying to goad him into going back to Jerusalem. Now, he says he had stayed away from Jerusalem because they were trying to kill him. And there wasn't time for him to die yet. So he was staying away from Jerusalem. 
But his brothers are goading him go out there, but no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. Jesus wasn't seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Uh, they didn't believe in him. Some of them did come to believe in him. One of his brothers, James, was a leader of the first century church. But that's neither here nor there either. Then he says that they can't hate you. And I think what he's saying is they can't hate you like they hate me. I shine a light on what they do. They can't hide from me. They want their sins to be secret. But there are no secrets from me. So they hate me because I see beyond their religious show. Again, Jesus says his time has not yet fully come. He tells his brothers, go on up to the festival yourselves. I'm not going up to the festival yet because my time has not yet fully come. Now, at the festival, after his brothers went up, he decides to go up secretly. He doesn't want people to know he's there. He wants to kind of mingle and observe the crowd. The Jews, it says, hey, we're looking for him at the festival. Where is he? There's a lot of discussion. Uh, their discussion was divided, but they expected him to show up. They had heard so much about him. Those who hadn't seen him had heard so many things. Of, where is this Jesus of Nazareth? Where is he? He should be here. If he's a good, devout Jew, he should be at this festival because this was a festival that required all adult males to go to Jerusalem. That was part of the requirement of honoring the festival. If you're a devout Jew, you go to Jerusalem during these festivals. But he's not here. Where is he? Why isn't he here? Blah, 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 blah. The, the, their opinions are divided. Some will say, oh, he's a good man. Some will say, oh, no, he leads the people astray. But they were afraid to talk about him because of the Jews. They feared the Jews. Now, this, John is saying they feared the Jewish leaders because they're all Jews. They're afraid to talk about him because they don't want to be seen as possibly his disciples and get on the wrong side of the religious authorities. In closing today, I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you trying to keep secrets from God? You can't do it. I hope you know that. You can't do it. Is your religion based on sincere belief that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God? Is your religion a show that you put on so others can see? May I suggest that you contemplate these things today. If you answer these questions, you may not like the answers. But if the answers are answers you don't like, then you have a chance to make it right. Get serious with God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. Thank you for listening to Jesus and Coffee Amen. And may God richly bless you all.